Hello, my name is Joe Aguirre. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com. The Crossum Wrestling Entertainment Podcast presented by Clovercrest Media is what you AEW fans have been looking for. Noah Cross and Tyler Bard give their take on every week's episode of Dynamite. If you are a massive AEW fan, then it is time to join us every Sunday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Stay Crossum. Throwing jabs, always full sand. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing weight. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eight, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and weave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bring in crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry of curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to throwing jabs i'm Big J shown by Joe Aguirre and Jared Jones as always. And we got a lot of we got a lot of awesome fights coming up tonight. But let's start off. Recap what happened last week. Starting our main event, UFC 263. Adesanya gets the unanimous decision over Vittori. Joe, you're hyping up Vittori. You you thought he had it. But he, he could not get that blueprint to work. What he meant to say is, can we stop the madness now? Can we stop the madness now, Joe? Well, here's all I have to say. Marvin Vittori has now gone eight rounds with Israel Adesanya. And while Adesanya is clearly the better fighter, he cannot take this guy out. Eight rounds, he hasn't really hurt him, and he hasn't inflicted much damage to Marvin Vittori. You know, here, here's the difference, right? Usman and Masvidal went the distance. Masvidal talked a lot of junk. They rematched, and Usman blew him out of the building. Blew him out of the building. There was hate. There was animosity. There was anger. And Usman was like, let me show everybody how much better I am than this shit talker. Adesanya couldn't do the same thing. So, I, I, I mean, to me, there should be a third fight somewhere down the line. 50-45. 50-45. Guess what the last, last, last judge scored? 50-45. How much more dominant do you want to be? You need him to stop this bigger, bigger, stronger guy. This physically, this bone density type, physically bigger, stronger guy that he can't seem to hit hard enough, but 
he can seem to hit what whatever he wants with dead legs in return. Are you serious right now, Joe? You want to see that fight mostly. again? Mostly. <laughs> Oh man, a hundred to ninety, a hundred to ninety, a hundred to ninety. Do you want to do? I, do I want to <laughs> see it again? Not right away. Not right away. But listen, Vittori's going to go fight Paulo Costa, and Adesanya's going to fight Whitaker, and I think we're going to end up right back where we started. He's cleaned out this division. He's recycling opponents. He's going for guys that gave him a good first fight, because otherwise Derek. he's got to he's got to move back up to light heavyweight. That didn't go well, so he he's fought the have best to guy the- there, Joe. Well, sure. Who else was he going to fight? Uh, uh, Paul Craig, Anthony Smith. How about Anthony Smith? Dominic Reyes. Oh, you you uh, wanted to hand him a fight at light heavyweight. Thiago Santos. He's either, Those he's are all either, top ten guys. He's either the best in the world or he's not. He got he got put right up at the top and he proved he didn't belong there. So he's back in this division. Great. You're going to have to fight the it's same guys again. It's a different weight class. It's Jared Cannonier, Uriah Hall. Those are exciting fights. You're right. He's cleaned out the division. If he wants to move up, there's plenty of guys he can fight without fighting the best guy there. And that's what he did. And he looked better in that fight than Vittori did in this one. I think this fight showed how much growth Adesanya has made. This was not as close as the first fight. Adesanya was the one who made the adjustments. And when throw bombs and trade was the only answer, Vittori didn't do that. He stuck to the round one game plan in the last minute of the fight. And that's why Adesanya was clowning him with falling down from the dead leg at the end of the fight. Hilarious, by the way. I was cracking up. <laughs> Vittori He's... thought he won the fight. <laughs> yeah, no. did you see Israel with his, with his fingers crossed? You see, oh, 50-45. As they read him, he's like, 50-45, Are you guys sure? I didn't think I dominated him that much, but okay. Yeah, he was very surprised oh, by that. By That's what I love about this guy, though. I mean, in his heart of hearts, he was like, I beat him. No. There's level. I know he didn't, Jace. I watched the fight. <laughs> I know he didn't win. What? I the love the fact that this guy literally walked away. Adesanya, after the fight, Adesanya called him over. I don't know what he said. You know, it seems some sort of mutual like, hey, you know what? You're better than I thought. And Vittori went, yeah, I thought I won this one too. And Adesanya <laughs> rolled his eyes and walked off. And I love that. I love the confidence of Marvin Vittori. Look, <laughs> Marvin's got to get to the so back of the line. So he was just trying to kill the clock at the end because he had he, it in the back. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'll just go oh, to the clinch. Now it may, you know, now the dead legs make sense to me. Yes. Um, look, Vittori goes to the back of the line. He's got to fight. He's going to have to win a couple of big fights here. He's going to, you know, look, the, 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 the junk talk about him beforehand was he really hadn't fought anybody. And, you know, he went right up to the top. And so maybe maybe he needs that experience. Maybe he needs to fight somebody like Costa. Maybe after Adesanya beats Whitaker again, maybe he's got to go beat uh, somebody like Robert Whitaker. I don't know if he can do that, like Whitaker a lot, but 
I don't think Mar Marvin Vittori is done by any stretch. Again, no, this guy's as no, no, no. Listen, he's here's what has to happen for Marvin Vittori. He's either got to throw more strikes, or he's got to wrestle more. There's a lot of there's a lot of feeling out when it comes to Vittori, and that's not going to work. And he should have known that from the first fight that you know the judges like some action. Okay. Yeah. Um. I like I like to. My brother just said he should fight Brunson and Till. Sure, maybe he wants Costa. I think Costa makes sense for him. Two guys who who just plod and win on pressure. I I think it would be good for him to go up against somebody who fights like him. I really do. I think it would help him kind of see where he's fallen short um, in the big fight. That could. That has the potential to be a very boring fight. Yes. And, yes, no, no um, more boring than Ngannou and uh, uh, Derek Lewis, too, that we're going to have to, like, suffer through. Or Kimbo and Dada. Yeah, yeah. but um, but Vittori's going to have to string off four or five in a row before anybody wants to see this again. I, I yeah. just can't agree with you at all about a trilogy. Like, I don't think it's one fight away. I think it's three, four oh, fights away. Before I didn't say it was one fight. I literally again. just said he has to go out and win a couple oh. of fights. He's back He's, at the. End you of said the line. run it back. No, challenge flag, challenge flag. Run it back. He said if you if he beats Costa and he beats Whitaker, that they should that will end up right back where we were. Is what you yeah. said. That's what I'm saying. If this ends up being the top four guys square off again, you're gonna end up in a he beats him, he beats him. These two fight for the right. title, and if it so happens to be Vittori, then it does. Vittori's got to win the fights though. If Vittori doesn't win the fights. He's, he's going to continue to drop out. He's been so good. Adesanya in this weight class has been so good. He showed that he'd struggle if he moved up. Yes, that was the best guy there. Jan was the best guy there, but he's shown that he may struggle if, he's, if he moves back up. I love the style bender stuff. I love what this guy does, and I want to see him matched up with Guys that are going to do that. That's why I say uh, Derek Brunson. Jared Cannonier, I think, might try to stand with him. Um, I'd like to see him, while he's in his prime, do what he's best at in some situations where he can do it. There were pockets of it with Vittori, and that's why he won the fight. But Vittori also too strong to let him get done all of those other things he, he's trying to get done. Darren Till, even. That's fun. It's yeah. fun, and I want to see Adesanya get a couple of those Anderson Silva, Forrest Griffin. Was that the best fight you could sign at the time? No. Did we know Forrest was going to lose? Yeah. Yeah, the odds weren't very well stacked in his favor, but we got to see some of the most magical moments of Anderson Silva's highlight reel in a respectable guy who does against a respectable uh, against a respectable guy who deserved the fight. And that's what I want without Asanya. Give me something exciting against a guy who deserves it. Give me Uriah Hall and Israel Adesanya. I love it. I as long as Adesanya is in the middleweight division, I don't see Vittori ever reaching. He's already got the two wins over him. I don't think Vittori's ever gonna get in the title picture as long as Izzy's there. Cause he just has his number. And no matter what Vittori does. The I difference between having better. somebody's number, again, after Usman knocked him out in their second fight, Masvidal literally used the term, ah, this guy's got my number. <laughs> that, that was a pretty definitive, 
I mean, yeah. the first fight between them, Usman dominated Masvidal. And the excuse was short notice. And they ran it back. And he, he beat his ass and blew him out of there. That's what you're supposed to do in a rematch. When, when, when the first one's a draw or a loss, you got to go out there and blow the guy out in the second one. That's how this works. There's a kid. Uh, again, again, Stipe, for, for five rounds, Stipe tossed Nganu all over the cage, embarrassed him, made him look like an amateur, like he'd never been on his back before in his life. They fight a second fight. He knocks him out in the second round. Nobody thinks they should fight again. I, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't understand that logic at all. No, they should. There, there's no need for Masvidal Usman three. I know they're because he blew him out of there. He dominated but, him once and then blew him out the second time. You're, you know, I, I appreciate your vigor, but um, you're sh- you're also showing your uh, your um, uh, grade level in the fight game isn't expert yet. Uh, there's some guys, there was this kid named Billy DeCarly. We called him Taz at, uh, at Scrub Scraps. He was an eight and two amateur, lost as, a, as in a silver mittens contest against Chad Dawson, right? Five, five, 140. Um, he beat me in a Scrub Scrap in a five round fight that I thought I won. And a lot of other people there thought I won. Um, I usually had my way with the jab, and he would throw flurries and get in and get some combinations off and volume punching versus the jab and the footwork. Um, We fight 10 times. I probably win six or seven. This kid's really good. I will never stop Billy DeCarly. I could never stop. I don't care what goes on in the press conferences, what mean thing he says to me, how fired up I am and really want to get the stoppage. That's my Joe Frazier. Is his name's Billy DeCarly. He's a cool ass kid. That's my Joe Fra. I will not be able to. We go fifteen. You're gonna have to drag us off of each other. You can't. I can't stop that guy. And Vittori and and uh, Adesanya. I think it's the same thing. They go fifteen rounds. Adesanya wins 12, 13 of them, and never looks like he's in trouble. But he's not gonna stop that guy. That's just a guy. He's not. He can't hit hard enough to put away. Vittori's tough, but Israel. He's shown that he can. Uh, he can't go up. He's cleared out the whole division that he's at right now. Could a guy like Usman come up and challenge Adesanya for the middleweight championship? Is that a fight worth making, Joe? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, again, I, I think when you... Right, look, there's a reason John Jones moved up to heavyweight two years ago and just hasn't had a fight in two years, right? I mean, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen to John there. Uh, I know a lot of people thought Adesanya was going to move up and blow Blahovich out of the building. That didn't even come close to happening. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't like guys moving up like that to fight somebody dominant. That doesn't feel like a smart idea. If you're, well, if Tony. you're Usman, yeah, uh, Tony just said they're they're super close. They they've said they wouldn't fight, but what so kind of money? Question. What kind of money could Dana throw out there? Back? 
<laughs> Can Covington do it instead? Can Covington move up and fight Adesanya? That's a more exciting fight for me, and I think either one of them get beat up by Izzy, so... Can Covington do it instead? <laughs> well, there, Cody Covington isn't friends with anybody, so that, that yeah. won't hold us up. Besides Trump. Trump. Yeah. Why not? Move up and fight Izzy. Why not? Opportunity knocks, baby. <laughs> but uh, Kobe should be getting that rematch with Usman coming up here soon, so we'll see. But now let's talk about and new. Brandon Moreno submits Devinson Figueredo in the third to become the new UFC flyweight championship. I, I said it last week. The only way I saw Brandon Moreno winning was submitting Devinson Figueredo. He did it. I didn't think it would happen. A rubber match has to be next, right, Joe? Um, I w- Again, I would think so, right? I mean, we talked about this. Figueredo, without the low blow, wins the first fight. And so he lost this fight a little more definitively. But for for the fight to end, again, this blows my mind. You split the first two, technically, right? <laughs> you split the first two. To me, that requires a trilogy. Now, if you're Brandon Moreno and you want to go, you want to go fight somebody else first, that's fine. You don't got to run it right back. That that's fine by me because he didn't win the first fight, right? So he's. A one and one at this point. But, and that also sets up if they fight again and Figueredo wins, I hope we're not going to be like, well, Moreno's done. Cause I, I, again, would disagree with that one, one and one. I think you'd have to go, you'd have to go four uh, at that point. I would be all for that. So, uh, so that's, that's the part you were wrong about, though, Jace. And I don't mean to put you out there because I did pick Figueredo. And uh, Joe also picked Figueredo, so we were wrong. But the only way he could win was by submission. As I'm watching the fight, this guy had a whole bunch of ways to win. He could have won by knockout. He could have won by decision. This was They looked a lot better matched than I thought they were the first time around and that I even thought they were in the first fight. I thought Moreto was mostly on, uh, on just fervor that he, got, that he got anything done. But um, this was different. This This... This was a good fight. I'd watch a third one. I'd watch a fourth one. Without the submission, it's still a close fight. I mean, this was this is the the why we watch kind of fight. You know, we're uh we're we're blessed to uh to be getting some of the fights that we're getting. And this I is, thought this, I was Brandon mo- Moreno. I had a I rose was- moment. I had a rose not my Unis moment at the end of this fight, Joe. Just so you know, when I of saw Brandon. Of course you oh did. How about when Davidson <laughs> picked him up and carried him around and started chanting uh, Mexico? I thought that was the most kumbaya moment I've ever seen uh, in the octagon. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> I was definitely more wrong about this fight than I was about the one we just finished talking about. Because I didn't think Moreno... Um, I mean, in the first fight, I, I thought he looked overmatched. I thought he was a little out oh, yeah. of his league. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I mean, to the point where I was like, oh, Figueroa is great. I really started to believe this guy was unbeatable. And um, again, he's fought Moreno twice. It hasn't gone well. Does this guy just have his number? Or Moreno a better fighter than Figueroa? Uh, styles make fights. Absolutely. 
Tommy Frank fought a kid named Hugo, um, and I and I was watching their fights and watching their fights, and uh, Tommy Frank uses kind of that uh, Philly shell, that Floyd-type defense, and isn't the faster guy in that fight. He's not the volume puncher, and he's not the faster guy. How do you beat that Philly shell? How are people giving Floyd trouble? Madonna, Zab Judah, Shane Mosley. When people gave him trouble, it was volume. It was throw a lot of quick punches and out, you know, throw more punches than he does and get that one, two hands is more than one. Sooner or later, that left hand in your pocket is going to cause you trouble if you're fighting a volume fighter. Uh, Hugo ends up winning the split decision. That's what I thought we had here. Same idea. Styles make fights. Figueroa's going to dominate most of the other guys in the division. And uh, Moreno is stylistically just a tough opponent for him. Yeah, so we have to have a trilogy for this fight. Uh, I'm excited because, I mean, there's no other flyweights really making noise right now. So, like Alex Perez again against Moreno, that's like, uh, I, you know who I like for this? Uh, maybe for his first defense would be um, Asker Askarov, 14-0-1, 3-0-1 since he got into the UFC. That draw was against Moreno. Great, great, great young fighter. I wouldn't mind. Again, I mean, if he want, he's got some unfinished business there before he has some unfinished business with Figueredo for a trilogy. Why don't you go, go take care of both of those fights? I love that. I love that. Askarov. I think Figueredo kind of deserves the immediate rematch, but if it's not, I think so. I think so, but that doesn't seem to be the way it is anymore. It seems now you beat the champion; the champion's just a bum. No, well, and this Askarov kid has looked good for a long time. This this is not. This has been a long time coming that he is where he should be. Interesting. All right, but now let's. That's not bad either. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Alexander Petoja. Uh, he beat him, I think, the first time on um, uh, the the show, the TV show they fought, and he the beat Ultimate him. Fighter? Ultimate Fighter. Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. yeah, he beat him in Ultimate Fighter, and then early in their careers, uh, he beat Moreno a second time. So another guy, I think Moreno would like to go out there and uh, so he look. Moreno's got some some good storyline fights here. There are some guys yeah. he's fought in his past who he's now passed in the rankings. Right with a belt, so why don't you go ahead and, and take care of some of the? I'd love hey. to see him fight one of those guys, then Figueredo, and assuming he wins, go clean up the, the 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 third guy in that little group and see how you're doing then. Okay. Well, and this is why I love all of those things. I love all of those things, and that is why I hate Clarissa Shields. You're calling <laughs> yourself the greatest female boxer of all time, but the girl that beat you would still beat you. I feel like every day of your life you could have fought this girl and you would have lost the vast majority of them. But you're running around with a nickname that doesn't fit and a record that doesn't fit because you refuse to do those things that you're asking of Brandon Moreno right now. I want to see those things from Brandon Moreno. I'd love to see him from Clarissa Shields too, to be honest. <laughs> All right. Well, talking about boxing. Shakur Stevenson gains the interim WBO junior lightweight title with a dominant unanimous decision over uh, Jeremiah Nakathila. And uh, there was just all. all and and you, you liked uh, Nakathila in this fight. Let's not forget that. Maybe you want to 
spend yeah. the next 30 no. seconds defending no. that pick. Stevenson did all he could but not knock knock Athila out. And Nakathila couldn't land the shots. He, I mean, those knockouts are all, all cool and all, but they're against no-name opponents. This was, what, his third time fighting outside of Africa. So, like, he wasn't expected to win. Uh, I figured how I got you guys in the past, the bigger guy with the knockout power, I, I could steal one here. Nope. Shakur Stevenson is just on another level with his boxing. Just can't get hit. Now, Jared, here's where you rip into him for picking uh, Nakatea. I think that's about right. Tell him how bad he is at picking fights. No, actually, um, by the numbers, I did, you know, he got to me. This is one of the only times somebody got, Vittori, too. I mean, I made the right pick, but he got to me. His argument got to me. I started looking, coming up in weight, the knockout power. I don't know, maybe. Um, and oh, yeah, you did, totally, you did, totally you did text the group. You did text the group. You weren't so short uh, towards fight night. Yeah, yeah. When we started getting there, I was like, huh, maybe Jace might be onto something here. You watch him in the ring together. They're on two completely different levels. But, uh, but Stevenson, if we're going to get on somebody for not finishing, if we're going to get on Devin Haney and Demetrius Andre for not finishing, holy cow, dude. This 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 looked like you didn't want to really fight. Like I got, I, I feel like guys are carrying each other more than they ever have in the past. Floyd's carrying Logan literally, like in a literal physical sense. At one point, carrying him through the fight, and that's what your trainer would whisper to you in a sparring session where another guy was outmatched. Take hey, carry this guy. Don't. Get him out of there. He's just trying to work on what he's working on. So just kind of work on what you're working on. Tone it down. You know, get a few rounds in. I wanted to get a few rounds in. But it didn't used to be that that we saw that on every car. Used to be every once in a while somebody was like, all right, I, I wanted to get some, some rounds in. Nowadays it seems like all the time a guy's carrying another dude. I don't know why you would. If I'm Stevenson, I want to be on SportsCenter. I need to be on SportsCenter. I need that. It's boxing. And until I'm saying something that is so outlandish that people are retweeting it or knocking people out with some highlight reel stuff because I'm on a completely different level, nobody's going to care. And that's where he's stuck. Your boxing skills. Logan Paul was just as exciting. That's why we have a problem in boxing. I say embrace this entertainment value that we found. And you guys say it's it's ruining boxing. And I think we're both right. And the reason it's ruining it, well, because we need the people who care about Shakur Stevenson's skill level to see him in the type of fights where we get to see that put on display. And the people that care about Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather to be able to see, you know, me versus Will Brand. Because it's every bit as exciting as this fight. It will last eight minutes, bell to bell. That's breaks included for a scrub scrap. Three two-minute rounds, two one-a-minute breaks. That's eight. That's how long did we sit here and watch this fight for 48 minutes? If you weren't making love to the night like a real Nakathila, a Nakathiliac, 
<laughs> and I don't know. You've got so you've got some patience. You got boxing stamina. If you watched this whole fight without it, if you sat down on your couch and watched, and it's a fist fight. It's the, the most entertaining form of, form of entertainment. Look it up. Next to porn, this is the most entertaining form of entertainment. Minute for minute is fighting. And you did 48 minutes of it and put everybody to bed. Yes, you're a great boxer. I understand it. I appreciated it. The general public will not. And you're going to end up in that limbo land where you're just a good boxer if you don't do something about it. Start saying outrageous stuff or knocking people out. You need highlight real things to go on in your life, and they're not. They're not. Nobody cares about this. By the way, Respect to these fighters, but Jace, cares. when he said to look it up, he didn't mean the porn. Um, <laughs> important for you to know, so there's no mix-up. Um, <laughs> great comment, too. Tony says it's time for this young uh, crop to start winning real championships instead of all these gift interim belts. And, you know, here's the funny part, right? And, and, and not, not that there was ever a moment in that fight where it came close, but imagine if Nakathelia had knocked out Shakur Stevenson. This would be a this would be a dude with a belt, and that's upsetting, you know. Weird. And it yeah, seems yeah. like I mean we we got a couple of uh, boxing matches we'll be talking about in a little bit tonight that are sort of similar to this, where it's hey, don't get knocked out, just go out there and take care of this guy, you know. But watch out, you don't get slipped. Uh, you know, just just basically, uh, you know, warm up fights until you can get somebody to agree to somebody in these divisions to start fighting each other because there's there's a lot more dancing right now than there is boxing. Well, and that's the rewarding thing when you look at the numbers. If it's like, all right, you could fight Floyd Mayweather Jr., you know, or you could fight. Well, I mean, not Floyd, because that's that's totally different. It, it totally uh, devalues my point. But um, that the if you look at the skill level of these opponents, you know, the Shakur Stevensons, what was the other fight that Nakathelia could have signed? And two of them is probably the same payday. So instead of fighting every three months, you fight every month and a half. You fight two guys that you're going to knock out, and you get the same paycheck. Why is that not more rewarding? Than losing every round of a Shakur Stevenson fight. And that's how we've done it for fighters. Instead of instead of monetizing it so that they're being rewarded for the for the fight that actually has value to the fans, they're fighting the fight that actually has value to them. Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather. Terribly rewarding. Kept himself safe. This is a businessman. Anybody who thought and that's it, man. I thought that might be the bet. There were so many times I thought that might be the bet. What if you just parlay nothing? Nobody gets caught. Nobody gets knocked down. Nobody gets knocked out. Nothing happens. That would have been the winning bet, too. Nobody bleeds. Nothing. They touch gloves. Just a regular bunch of nothing. Parlay all of it. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the winning bet. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. After the fight, uh, Stevenson called out Oscar Valdez, who after he beat Miguel Burchelt a couple months ago, he called Shakur out. Um, I'd love to see this bout. I, I don't know that anyone's actually ever going to make this thing, but a 23-year-old 
against a 30-year-old champion with actual knockout power. If Shakur Stevenson will take that fight, first of all, kudos to him. Because really, other than Lopez and Loma, and that obviously went in Lopez's favor, these guys don't want to fight anybody. So I would love to see this. I think that would be a fantastic bout uh, come the fall. So I hope they could make that one because uh, we we need a we need a fight like this in boxing. Well, we we so need something Stevenson. like this. So does Stevenson. At the end of the yeah. day, so do these guys. These guys Ortiz. These guys need these fights in their in their lives too. You're going to need highlight reel stuff, or you're going to have to start talking crazy. I hate that it's that we've built a society that rewards that talking crazy. I heard this this uh, little monologue the other day about how like we're rewarded for talking crazy, you know, rewarded for dunking on somebody, you know, like like you roast somebody, you own it, you know, and then you're rewarded for that until you go a little too far. And then all of a sudden, this system that was so rewarding for you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're the Karen and you've said the wrong thing to the wrong person and it turned it, the whole thing kind of flips around on you. We're rewarding that. Um, Deontay Wilder, that same system all of a sudden turns around and starts working in an opposite direction. And yeah, that's, that's where we are though. That's what's going to be rewarding. Shakur Stevenson, lose your mind on social media. Completely lose your mind on social media and see if people don't start watching your fights. That's where our society is. You got you, you're training kids that really want to make it. Don't tell them to lose their mind, but they're going to need to push the limits a bit on social media and in their public press conferences and get a little Connor McGregor, dude. Hey, now hang on a second. Really answer this question. How much better of a fighter? is Conor McGregor than the people he made all those more dollars with. I, I can name you five or ten guys that are just as good, if not better, that didn't make a tenth of the dollars Conor McGregor did in his career. Why? No show. Got to be a showman. Yeah. Give the applause, right? <laughs> Come on, Shakur, you got to give me something I can bite into. You can't give me 48 minutes of knockathelia. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, man. Let's move on to a fight that's going to be entertaining, and that's tonight's UFC on ESPN2. Let's take a look. It's main event at UFC on ESPN2. The Korean Zombie versus Aigi. A featherweight bout between former UFC featherweight championship challenger Chan Sung Jung and Dan Aigi. Let's break it down. Dan Aigi, 29 years old. He's 5'7 with a 71 inch reach and a record of 15 and 3 with 4 knockouts and 5 submissions. From Haliwa, Hawaii, Aigi started wrestling in high school going on to become a Division III wrestler for Warburg College in Iowa. After graduating, he took up Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and began his MMA career with 10 amateur fights, going 8-2 before turning pro in 2014 with a third-round armbar submission over Spencer Higa. 
After losing a split decision in his third fight, he won his next five with three stoppages before appearing in Dana White's Contender Series, defeating Luis Gomez by rear naked choke in the third round. He made his UFC debut in January of 2018, dropping a unanimous decision to Julio Arce. He bounced back five months later with a first round knockout of Mike Santiago and defeated Danny Henry by rear naked choke the following year. After winning unanimous decisions over Kevin Aguilar and Mursad Bektik, he took on dangerous veteran Edson Barbosa, engaging in a brutal back and forth battle and pulling out a split decision victory. On July 16th, 2020, he headlined his first UFC event, but lost a very close decision to Calvin Gator. In March of 2021, he defeated up-and-coming Gavin Tucker, knocking him out with a perfectly timed counter-right cross 22 seconds into round one. A black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Judo, Aigi is an exceptionally well-rounded fighter who combines world-class wrestling skills with crisp, accurate punches. He also shows a strong chin, having only been dropped twice in his career. Chan Sung Jung, 34 years old, he's 5'9 with a 72 inch reach and a record of 16 and 6 with 6 knockouts and 8 submissions from Pohang, South Korea. He began training in martial arts as a teenager due to being bullied when his family moved from the countryside to the city. After high school, he joined the Korean Navy where he took up Taekwondo and began a kickboxing career, amassing a record of 15 and 6 with 11 knockouts before switching to MMA, winning his pro debut with a reverse armbar in the second round in June of 2007. That same year, he won a Pancrase tournament, winning the first fight by rear naked choke and the second via knockout. The following year, he entered another pro tournament, winning three fights in one night with two first round submissions. In 2010, he lost two in a row a split decision to Leonard Garcia, and a second-round knockout to George Roop via vicious head kick. He bounced back with a second-round submission of Garcia in his UFC debut, and in his first headlining event, submitted Dustin Poirier with a darts choke in round four. In 2013, he he challenged for the featherweight title, getting stopped by Jose Aldo in the fourth. After the fight, Jung was required to fulfill another two-year stint in the Korean military and returned three years later, knocking out Dennis Bermudez with a devastating counter uppercut. The next year, he lost to Yair Rodriguez. When leading on the scorecards, he rushed Rodriguez and was knocked out cold by a counter elbow with a second left on the clock. In 2019, he engaged in his fifth and sixth straight headliners, brutally knocking out Hanetto. Moicano and Frankie Edgar in the first round. On October 18th, 2020, he took on Brian Ortega. However, being the heavy favorite, he was dominated all five rounds, getting dropped twice and losing 50 to 45 on all three scorecards.
a relentless pressure fighter, the Korean zombie gets his nickname from his uncanny ability to absorb massive amounts of punishment and continue to move forward. His proficiency in Taekwondo, Judo, and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu make him dangerous on the ground and in his stand-up, and he possesses both limitless gas and one-punch knockout power. Can Aigi grapple his way to victory, or will the relentless attack of Jung be too much as he looks to bounce back with a win? It's the Korean Zombie versus Dan Aigi. Big UFC featherweight main event on ESPN2. Joe, who's going to come out victorious? I uh, really do like the Korean zombie and, you know, the fight against Ortega. Part of me, Ortega fought, I think, the best fight of his life in that one. More than I thought zombie dropped off. But I don't know, man. This this guy, uh, Aigi, is a is, uh, tough dude. Well well-balanced, you know, kind of a, an all-around uh, good fighter. I th- I think uh, if if he's going to wrestle and mix it up, uh, he's got a, a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and a good ground game. I think I think he could get it done. Um, the zombie's been there so many times, though, dude. He He's uh, – this guy's such a super talented, you know. I love the guy. I don't know, man. I just feel like – you know, we we've seen a lot of these where these younger guys um are starting to take out the gatekeepers and and that's really what Jung is. Um he's never held the belt. Uh and he's certainly uh been afforded plenty of opportunities. Um he always seems to win when he needs to except for in the big fight. You know, so I don't know, man. I got I taking this one rear naked choke in the third. Ooh, all right, Jared. I I could tell you really struggled with that, Joe. Uh, this is definitely a tough call. Did you guys hear um, the news that Microsoft is making jujitsu outfits? Come on, no. guys. The Igi. Um <laughs> I think that the Korean zombie is... Uh, He's probably the more durable guy. Um, Iggy by decision. Damn. In um, not as an exciting fight as Jung is capable of. I don't think this will be exciting. I, I agree with you. I think there's going to be a ground war. Uh, I think it's going to be BJJ wrestling. Not not and that much. I <laughs> but I, I do think the Korean zombie will get it done. I, I think he he has the submission game to do so. Uh Iggy's gonna want to test that, but I think well, when it comes to something like BJJ, like just that experience going up against as many people as uh Chan Sun Jung has, uh I think that's gonna pay off. And I got him submitting him, we'll go third. Third round submission by the Korean zombie. Wow. Well, See, and I feel like if these guys, yeah, if these guys get a hold of each other, I respect you picking the Korean zombie. I'm okay with the pick, but the uh, 
the submission stoppage, I think if these guys get a hold of each other, Ige has a uh, significant advantage. Hey, Ige hasn't pulled off a twister. So, fair. <laughs> that. Who knows? Now, let's move from the cage to the boxing ring with the big main event fight tonight. puts his IBF and WBA Bantamweight titles on the line against challenger Michael Dasmarinas. Let's break it down. Michael Dasmarinas, 28 years old. He's 5'7 with a record of 32-1 with 20 knockouts. From Camarinas, Soar, Philippines, Dasmarinas took up boxing at age 9 following both his older brother and father into the sport. After a brief amateur career, he made his pro debut in January 2012 with unanimous decision over Wilmer Progata. He won his next two by knockout, but was then knocked out himself in his fourth fight by Marban Bagdiangan. He bounced back two months later, winning his next 15 in a row, nine by knockout, before dropping a split decision to Lawandile Sityatha. He then won another nine in a row before taking on Kareem Guerfi for the vacant IBO bantamweight title. In a dominant performance, Dasmarina controlled the pace from the start with his body punching, and then seconds into the fourth round, knocked Guerfi unconscious with a thunderous left hook. In his next outing, he engaged in a back-and-forth slugfest with Ghana's Manyo Planji, and after 10 hard-fought rounds, the fight was ruled a draw. Next, he took on Kenny Demasio, grinding out a hard-fought unanimous decision. In October 2019, he blew out Thailand's Ardid Bomrangeya in five rounds, dropping him multiple times and landing a vicious left-right combo to cause the stoppage. A hard-hitting southpaw, Desmarinas is a head-first pressure fighter who wears his opponents down with a relentless body attack and possesses a powerful left hand. Naoya Inoue, 28 years old. He's 5'5 five five with a 67-inch reach and a record of 20-0 with 17 knockouts. From Kanagawa, Japan, Inoue won the Japanese Junior National Championships in 2009 and a bronze medal in the Asian Youth Championships in Iran the following year. After compiling an amateur record of 75-6 with 48 knockouts, he turned pro in 2012 with a fourth-round knockout. In his first full year as a professional, he won five fights with four knockouts. And in just his sixth fight, knocked out Adrian Hernandez in six rounds for the WBC Junior Flyweight title. After his first title defense, he stepped up to junior bantamweight, winning the WBO belt with a second-round knockout of Omar Narvaez. He defended that belt seven times, including six-round knockouts of Kohei Kono and Antonio Nieves, then moved up to his third weight class, winning the WBA bantamweight belt with a first-round demolition of Jamie McDonnell. After the fight, Inouye announced that he would be participating in the World Boxing Super Series, and in October 2018, knocked out Juan Carlos Payano in the series quarterfinal. Eight months later, he dropped Emmanuel Rodriguez three times in the second round to win the IBF and Ring Magazine bantamweight titles. In the final, he took on legendary champion and future Hall of Famer Nonito Donaire, and after 12 punishing rounds was awarded the unanimous decision in a fight declared by Ring Magazine to be the fight of the year. In a show of respect, Inoue let Donaire take the Ali Trophy home with him so the Filipino could fulfill a promise to his sons that they would touch it the next morning. On October 31, 2020, he defended his belts against Australia's Jason Maloney, dominating him from the start with crisp, accurate punches and then knocking him out in the seventh round with a short but thunderous counter-right cross. An incredibly athletic counterpuncher, 
Inoue dictates the pace of his fights with an accurate jab and dedicated body attack. He is also exceptionally fast with his combinations and possesses immense power in both hands. As demonstrated in his epic clash with Donaire, he also has a granite chin and an iron will fighting through adversity to assert his dominance. Will the advantage in height and southpaw stance of Desmarinus give the champion trouble, or will the speed and titanic power of Inoue completely overwhelm his opponent? Tune in Saturday night for Inoue vs. Desmarinus for the unified bantamweight world title. All right. Bantamweight. Big fight tonight. Uh, I just think Inoue is too good. He's up there in the pound for pound rankings. He's a beast. I don't see anyone beating him. This toughest fight, I think, would be Donaire again. And uh, he's already shown that he can beat him. So, in a way, gets it done tonight. Easy. If ever he's got his butt kicked in a win, it was the Donaire fight. I definitely think that's the fight to make. Um, this is the acquaintance. I know you in a way. <laughs> okay okay you're welcome um under 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 uh before the start of the fourth round is plus 175 that's one i like today in a way gets it done in the first three all right uh let's not count Desperinus out of this fight uh he's got power this is a tough son of a bitch man uh if oh, Desperinus yeah. can take in away into the deeper rounds he could hurt him uh, we saw it happen in the Denaire fight. Uh, he can be hurt if he's hit hard. I don't know that he hits as hard as Denaire does, uh, speaking of Dasparinas, but if, if he could stay in this fight, and that's the big if, uh, but if he can last, you know, he could definitely do some damage. I think this fight's going to be a little bit better than uh, you're seeing it, but I, I do have this fight being stopped around the 10th. Uh, in a way, I think just too strong and too powerful. His uh, his his knockout loss is to Marbone Badenagan, who's uh, fifteen and nine and been stopped seven times. Um, I'm trying to figure out the hardest Das Marinus has been hit. His last fight before he got the champ. Uh, was 25 and 28, uh, 14 and 4. Then he has a draw against another guy ranked a 6, um, lost to an 11. These are their box rex rankings. Lost to an 11, draw with a 6, knocked out a .023 in his last fight, and now he's fighting a guy they have ranked at 345.6. So 345.6, and the guy was stopped by a 1.162. So tell me again how a 1.162 knocks him out, and he lasts more than three rounds with a 345. He's this a left. This guy, this guy, <laughs> <laughs> this guy can punch, and he's a good, good fighter, but he's fighting one of the best pound-for-pound -pound fighters in the world, and Inouye is not Shakur Stevenson. Again, I don't mean to disrespect these guys, but if he smells blood in the water, he's going to go get him. You're in trouble if this guy gets you in trouble. He will not hold you up or carry you. He's looking for that finish. And I'm not sure. I'm sure Inouye has been hit as hard 
as Das Marinas is capable of hitting it. I'm not sure Das Marinas has ever been hit that hard. And he got stopped by a guy that's a 1.1. And he's stepping in with a 345.6. So it's trouble for Das Marinas. He's an 18 to 1 underdog. The real the real fight to make that should be made is in a way versus Donaire too. I need to see yeah. that. But sticking in the ring, moving over to Showtime, Jermall Charlo takes on Juan Masis Montel. Uh, Charlo, he's been the better Charlo brother, hasn't lost his belt. Uh, WBC middleweight champ. Uh, I, I, I do think this will be a tough one for him. Uh, I think he's going to look susceptible at times because the that, that's what the Charlos do. I, I feel like they never truly dominate a fight, but uh, I, I can I, I he'll get it done though. Charlo will. Joe, who you got? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think he'll take him out. I, I I'm saying some kind of a six round stoppage. Montiel. The problem with Montiel is is he has stepped up in competition a couple of times in his career, and it has not gone well. Uh, when he tries to fight with the big boys, um, it's pretty clear he doesn't belong there. This is a big fight for, for Jamal because, again, this is a chance for him to, to, to do what we've seen guys like Stevenson, Andy Ruiz, another great example, guys who went out there with gimme opponents, and, and, and you're, you're playing with your food all night. I mean, it's it's not a good look. <laughs> you want to go in there, and you got to blow these guys out. This fight, straight up, this this for Jamal is simply don't get slipped. Do not get knocked out in this fight. If you have to hold Montiel up or or clinch with him for for eight or nine rounds, then do it because you're looking at maybe Canelo Alvarez sometime next year if he remains perfect, and so. He's not going to go out there swinging for the fences. He's going to go out there very measured. Uh, I, 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 Again, I think so many of these fights that we're looking at are the the favorite is more there not to lose than he is there to win, and I absolutely hate that. Yeah, this uh, this Charlo fight is, I think it's huge numbers, uh, 40 to 1. You've got to go in and smash this guy, Charlo. Um, and three words, Brian, Carlos, Castano. I said it once before. I'm going to say it again. This kid's brother is in trouble. He's got a fight signed. That's difficult. This is the better of the Charlo brothers. He gets the win here. Don't put me to sleep. Don't get me back into that noctophilia because... Um, you know, I want to be excited by these guys. You know, you got these twin brothers. They're both really good. Go knock some people out. Go do some Peterson stuff. You know? Real quick, if you don't want to fall asleep during this fight, let me suggest that you watch it standing up, though, just to be safe. Because I feel like <laughs> any sort of you're at all comfortable in your seat. Yeah. Um, again, I, I think if you're Jamal, you you know, as much as you like to go through he it's just don't get knocked out. Whatever you do, just 
keep your hands up and 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 batter this guy around. But I think that's the best we can hope for. And I'm all right oh, with that. <laughs> here's one from yesterday. What do you call somebody with a lower leg fetish? Caffeine. You're gonna need caffeine if you're gonna stay awake for this fight. Fair enough. Yeah. But uh I I think if Charlo can come out and get the decisive whether it is completely outclassing him or knocking him out, I, I he he has to be really close to a uh, Canelo fight. I mean, with the belt, same division, I, I I think that could happen, and he needs to he needs to draw interest from Canelo. I think. So well, so that's the thing, him. right? If you blow Montiel out too bad, Canelo's like, oh. Oh, no, maybe not that guy. Maybe Andre, yeah. Right? But then <laughs> if you bore the bejesus out of everybody, Canelo's going to be like, I don't want to fight that guy. He sucks. So, uh, again, that. if you're Jamal, you got to really – you got to play this right. It's got to be a thorough win. It can't no. be too good, and it can't be a snooze fest. Be too good. If you we can't complain about guys playing that game and then ask guys to play that game. No, go in there and impressively finish this guy and do your job. And those other guys, sooner or later, they're going to have to fight you. Those boogeymen get fights. Hagler got big fights. Nobody wanted to fight Hagler. Just keep winning. You keep walking over guys in the ring. You'll get bigger fights. They'll offer them more money to fight you sooner or later. You've got to do one or the other, though. You've got to smash people and be exciting. Or lose your mind. <laughs> or 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 appear to lose your mind, as I believe Conor McGregor did most. But a lot of people then get caught up in their character. And, you know, yeah. like we said, Adesanya's one tainted water bottle away from having, you know, a rough end of his career. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's going to do it for fights this weekend. We're going to run a quick ah, ad from Clovercrest Media. And we'll be back with the Scrub Scrap Spotlight. So stay tuned. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. Keys to the city, baby. I crossed up by Kobe, roll float to Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, fun. But I didn't make my point. I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. We're joined by Joel for the Scrub Trap Spotlight. How you doing, Joel? Good. I'm good. How are you? All right. Doing good, man. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> my little brother, Joel Allen Maxfield, for the Scrub Scrap Spotlight. This was also my very first of 36 Scrub Scraps. And uh, I was your uh, member, member, yeah, yeah. You remember Scrub Scrap One, Dizzle and Rich, yeah. and uh, Will fought James and Little fought Diddy. Were the four fights on the card? Took a loss. Um, yep, you've you've had about uh, 10 since then. What do you uh, what would you having been there from the beginning right until the last uh, Scrub Scrap 62? You know, you were at the first one, the last one, and many of them in between. Um, what what parts of it do you think changed the most? 
think in the beginning it was more for wreck for you know lack of a better word we were trying to see who could knock each other out it was just uh you know friends being friends and i think now um it's evolved to something where like it's helping people at the point you know even when i wasn't at my best i used to look forward to going to back to fight you know it was one of the first things i did you know coming back and getting my shit together uh like what i look forward to It's been um, crazy to see how it's evolved over the years, you know? Even uh, you, you know? Like, from where we started to where we ended up, it's, uh, it's done nothing but good. Joel, what would you say to someone who's in Scrub Scraps and trying to start for the first time? What would you say to them? help get them through uh, no it's gonna you're gonna have to be patient and it's gonna you're gonna need discipline you know? uh, you might not go in there and knock out the first guy you know but you're gonna learn a lot about yourself that first fight <laughs> um i think that's what scrub straps is like there for is that you know you people who've never fought before go in there and you get these football players with these big guys and then you get these little scrawny kids who don't really know what to do and then the little scrawny kid knocks out the football player and the football player is like wow i'm not as tough as i thought i was and the scrawny kid's like wow i'm better than i thought i was and it's crazy to see that in every fight you're like what's gonna happen you don't know you know we didn't have <laughs> we didn't have weight classes we, we had 130 pound dudes fighting 250 pound dude that's how it was you know whoever you were willing to get in the ring with was who you fought and uh i don't know i guess when you first start you're gonna find you're gonna learn a lot about yourself right away yeah i uh i actually remember a specific scrub scraps i think it was in the 30s or 40s we did at your house when you were living in bolton and um it was the it was the it was like something out of a movie it was the epitome of what we're doing here. All the kids that were showing up at practice, all these little scrawny kids, like you're saying, that that weren't really physically imposing looking. And then when this other group of kids got out of the car, every single one of them was jacked on Noah and Murphy. Remember, these kids were all got out like, boom, boom, brah. Every one of them lost. And you know, the ride on the way there was so different than the ride on the way home. I bet they were, we're gonna smash. Every one of us is just gonna go up there and kill somebody. I can't even believe they're gonna let us fight to. Remember that jab you were talking about on the way out here? <laughs> totally different uh, vibe. But yeah, the, what you just described, there was like an actual scrub scrap where that played out in every fight. To see the, uh, the outcomes of some of the fights was the most entertaining part, you know? Um, to see these kids who never fought before and spend, you know, couple weeks with Jared training and they come in and Jared's like, Hey, I've been training this kid for a few weeks. I want you to fight him, but take it easy. 
and me not having to take it easy because the kid figured out how to jab and it hit me in the nose a couple times. Hey, he was on two, three weeks ago, what you're talking about. We just talked about this. You guys remember Miles Wilkerson? Caught him with that jab a few times, and Joel was in a fight and went, what do you mean take it easy? He's a buck 90, and he's pounding on me. <laughs> but uh, Pretty good jab. He didn't have much else at the time, but he had a pretty good jab. And my nose, he kept making my nose, my eyes water up. I wasn't crying, though. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Joel, you know, everybody um, that we speak to that's been involved in Scrub Scraps, I mean, you, you just sort of talked about, you know, kind of finding yourself, but everybody seems to be really struck by, and I think in the context of this is like a fight club, and the camaraderie between the fighters and just about everybody there is the opposite of what you might expect in a fight club. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Why do you think that is? And is that, is that about this guy or is that just, how does that happen? Because that, that doesn't seem right. I mean, Jared is everything to blame for that. You know, uh, if it wasn't for him. We wouldn't be there. And, there's kids there that I would walk past on the street and not look twice at, you know, but then you get them in there and they want to fight and they want to learn and they want to watch you fight. And it's, and then I want to watch them fight and see how they do. And uh, yeah, Jared's to blame for all of that. For sure. He's definitely responsible. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that. Um, Miles said much like a gun range, everybody's respectful because everyone's armed. You know, the gloves are right there. I definitely think I, I'm sure I have something to do with it. Um, there's a lot of boxing clubs that aren't don't have that vibe. But um, but at the end of the day, I think there's that added component of uh, when you get in there with somebody, there's you you uh, make this connection. Uh, Joe, you reminded me of one of my favorite stories is uh, Pat Savarese came over. And I, and I asked him if he had a nickname and he said, just Pat. So he was just Pat, remember Saturday Night Live joke. Um, so Pat Savarese came over and fought, but his mom came with him. And he fought the heavyweight champion because he was a bigger guy and could fight a little bit. And um, great fight, went all three rounds. He lost by decision. But his mom was uh, talking to my dad over in the corner and dad's calming her down. No, no, it's, it's, you know, it's not what you think. I can't believe we're just showing up in a in a driveway and everybody's going to throw punches. And she like talked to me about her fears and my dad and just just wait around it. Man, two, two and a half hours later, this lady came over to me. She's gushing. She's bubbling. It's just like a family. She was <laughs> so happy that she was able to like experience it with her son who wanted it so bad. Last week, I saw a post from Pat Sav. Or no, actually, it was uh, John Scully tagged Pat Savarese in a just got done sparring five rounds with my boy Pat Savarese host and how he's not as young as he used to be you know so that's another guy who came up through scrub scraps and now is is still you know out there and uh change, improving his lives and changing others through the sport of boxing who had trouble getting there because parent was not interested in showing up at a fight club you know it's not what you think you're getting there it's just not what you end up with like. 
Um, now we we fought twice, and I think it's kind of like uh, we were just. I was reminded of it when we talked about um, Israel Adesanya and um, Israel Adesanya and uh, and uh, Marvin Marvin Vittori. Vittori? Are you calling yeah. Joel Marvin Vittori here? Joel's Is that- my Marvin Vittori. He's stronger. I don't have an easy time knocking him out, but I'm gonna win all the rounds. Like, just stop. We, Nobody needs a trilogy. I, I, <laughs> I think the first time we fought, maybe, and then I don't know what was I 23 the next time, and I'm 34 now, and I outweigh you by I don't know maybe 60 pounds. We're but, both counter punches. I'm not sure that's an advantage. Hit a little harder, but Jared has always been a lot cleaner with the with his punch. Are you saying you want a rematch then? I'm, I'm would, trying to <laughs> trying to hear like, what you're saying. I, I think we're at the point where we're we're old. I mean, it's not gonna be very entertaining. I've oh, yeah. half around and, and need a cigarette and then <laughs> of course he is. That's of course he is. <laughs> this funny. is this is the kid who would always judge a fight 29-28 for the other guy with me. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> After, because he knew I had to write split decision when I got home on my records. You know? <laughs> Look at that. Got got, that's yep. what you need. You need the blueprint. I just gotta follow, <laughs> and like I said last week, and I just want to be very. Map. I, it's not a treasure map. There's a different a blueprint. People, learn your architecture terms. A blueprint's a layout, and it's if you do all the things in the blueprint, when you're done, you'll have a building, right? That's what it is. It's not if you take this blueprint and you follow it, you're going to find gold. That's not what it's. That's a treasure map. <laughs> I can't explain that enough. Dizzle uh, did some volume punching when we fought each other. Dizzle's three and one on his only loss. And, uh, and uh, Ronnie, Ronnie Brand gave him a round. So they read the scorecards and he was like, I'll take that. I'll take that. And, you know, whenever we get into the conversation, he's quick to remind me that he went around. <laughs> Joel, you've been around, obviously, Scrub Scraps for since the beginning. I mean, is there is there a particular person who you might call your favorite or somebody whose just story kind of like still gets you to this day? I mean... Jared wants me to say him, right? But I'm not. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I got. I had two others actually jump into my head. I'm wondering where you're going to go here. So I think um, Dub Dub, Billy Williams, uh, the kid got into the ring. Big kid, football player, wrestler, like, but he fought the way he was supposed to. He threw straight punches. And he threw him fast, and he covered up after he punched. Um, that was one of the kids I just I, – I didn't – I wouldn't want to get in the ring with that kid, you know? He was like 230 at the time, and he was like 19. But he uh, – that kid could fight, and he's going with it, you know? Um, then the other – I mean, I don't know. It's tough. I don't know. Dom, 
Tom was a, a scary guy. He, he hit hard and he hit fast. Talk he about Wes. Huh? What do you remember about Wes and Noah? Wes walked the plank. Yeah. Wes. Walk step. Walk step was his nickname because his last name was Lank. Wes walk step plank. Okay. <laughs> he came out to pirate music and stuff. Love what it. What do you do with a drunken sailor? That was his <laughs> walk so, step blank. Those first two guys were like scary to watch because how, how hard they hit. But for like guys who come the furthest, yeah, Wes, for sure. That guy was, uh, he was like a shell of himself when he showed up. It wasn't even the same guy. And then I think after maybe two scrubs, scrubs maybe three. Um, I think I fought him. Didn't I end up fighting him once? Or we were supposed to when we didn't? Uh, no, no. I ended up getting him uh, that other kid. Uh, Juan. 212 was his nickname. Juan 212 Ortiz. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> but nothing. Wes was like, I don't know. He seemed like a loner. He seemed like he had some mental issues going on. But after he made that first fight, it, it changed him. He was like addicted to it. He saw the camaraderie and he saw the the people and he saw how much people cheered for him, even if he was getting his face punch. You know, he was like, okay, you know, this is something I can do. You know, it's not very often you can get beat up and still get cheered for. And yeah, well, he got better, like drastically better over the few fights he had. So how about um, before and after? Now, Buju fought Kenny and then fought you and Mike Marchand, like all in consecutive months. We found out that the kid with the long hair and the ponytail and the tie-dye T-shirt, we found out that kid would kick most of our asses. Joel had a draw. I thought for sure when he said, is there a story that sticks with you? It was going to be you and Buju and how you came to a draw and how everybody in our little crew was forced to come to the realization that that left hand was serious and could put any of us on our butts in the right situation, you know? And uh, he was such a... I just... Uh, Buju, you really want to fight? Yeah, I just feel like I should participate because everybody else is doing it. He would show up with a six-pack in a, in, a, in a joint. That's just how he was, you know? And... <laughs> He would do that everywhere. He would just show up with a stick. We playing flag football. He's got a six pack and some vans on and a, and some khakis rolled up. Like he's just from the West Coast. But I remember fighting him. That left hand was I had never fought a lefty like that. And he had this hybrid type hook under uppercut punch. Man, it caught me on the chin and it I I I was messed up for like three weeks on this side. He hit me here, and this side hurt for three weeks. That kid could fight. I thought I was gonna beat him, no problem. No problem. This little hippie, you know, long-haired guy who's quiet and just kind of giggles. And I, I got a draw with him, and I was trying to knock him out. Ronnie said to him when we were matching up, hey, if we ever fight, man, I'll take it easy on you, man. You can sign a fight with me because I'll take it easy on you. And Buju kind of smiled at him and nodded and tipped his beer with his tie-dye T-shirt, which is Grateful Dead stuff going on, his Bob Marley stuff, you know. And... uh and after the fight, we were sitting back in the same room, kind of in the same chairs, in the same position. And Ronnie's like, uh, leans over. He's like, remember how I said, like, if we fall, like, I, I remember how we were talking before. And I said, like, if we fall, that I would take it easy. 
I, mean, I didn't mean, I didn't really mean anything by that, man. My bad. <laughs> Boo drew that same grin and nod and tips his bit. It. I'd take it easy on you, Ronnie. <laughs> Just a totally different experience, though. There you have these six, seven guys sitting around a table doing shots, talking smack to each other. And the kid with the with the ponytail and the tie-dye shirt's getting razzed about how, oh, well, since you're not a good matchup with anybody else here, this kid knocked me out. That punch almost stopped you. This kid uh, rocked Will to an eight count, rocked Billy to an eight count. Put little, little doesn't remember the third round of their fight. This kid, like, came through and got wins all up and down our crew, dude. <laughs> and he was the first guy everybody, if you had sat down, me, you, Will, Little Chris, and Buju, and said, who's the first one that's going to get their butt kicked here if you guys start matching up? We all would have said Buju. Every single one of us would have said Buju. Buju beat Little Chris. Buju beat Will. Buju had a draw with you. Buju has a win and a loss against me. That kid's three one and one against those four guys, and every and I and I said when when you talk about the how that family oriented camaraderie kind of happens, that's how because those big tough guys come down here, and those bougies over in the corner kind of come up here, and you realize that we're all human beings that could knock somebody out or get knocked out on any given day the same way we step on an ant. You're an animal. And those things, you know, lights turn out, lights come back on, you know, you, you, you are capable, you are powerful, and you are also fragile and should be sensitive to all of those things, you know? And next thing you know, you're not smashing and breaking and looking to hurt, and you're not cowering and, and looking to hide, you know? And we all just kind of feel comfortable in our own shells. I had a conversation with the IRS the other day, and I was telling him, um, like, I really want to know about this exemption request. And he says, um, I don't see it yet. We get 30 days. And I said, yeah, well, it's been almost 45. So I really want you to get on this because I'm, I'm like arguing that there's lives at risk. And he said, do you have any grants secured? And I could have jumped through the phone and SNET just asked, I just told you there were lives at stake. And you asked me if there were dollars at stake. I built a bridge from a broken life that I used to live in mental institutions and prisons and rehab facilities to a, to a functional, contributing member of society to, to a life I can be proud of. And I built a bridge between the two. And you guys have an out of order sign on my bridge and I need you to move it. Have I secured any grants? You can go fuck yourself. Sorry, guys. I love everything you've done for this program, and I appreciate you showing up today, brother. Thank you, guys. Thank you for Thank having me. Thank you for joining us, Joel. Throwing jabs, like I say every week. You can laugh. We can yell. We can cry. All within an hour and 18, 19 minutes. Thank you for joining us, Joel. That's going to do it for throwing jabs. Make sure you enjoy tonight's fights. Make sure you check out clovercrestmedia.com for a bunch more podcasts. We'll see you next week to, to recap tonight's fights and look at the fights coming up. Thank you, Jared. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joel. We'll see you next week.
throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man, punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand when it comes to fisticuffs. Slide a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got your missing wave, feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eighth, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move, bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes, there's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bringing crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry, it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats. Relax if you want the facts, cause the best combat podcast is throwing jabs. 